everyone, and welcome to the Filene Fill-In. I'm Holly Fearing with Filene. The Filene Fill-In is the podcast where we fill you in on what's been going on here at Filene's home base and out and about in the financial services world. So we are picking up here where we left off last time, learning about the cooperative trust community and the crash experience. If those last few words meant nothing to you, please go back to part one and take a listen now. We explain all about this young professional community and these unique event opportunities for them in that episode. If you're ready for part two, well, hang on, because here we go. In this episode, we highlight the ways we are stronger when we gather together, when we work in cooperation, when we develop our talent and our ideas collectively, and when we grow networks of innovative big thinkers to build a community of support and well-being for all. We hear from Michael, a former crasher, now new CEO of his credit union, about how the crash experience set the stage for where he is today, to be in the right place at the right time with the right people for it to all fall together, circuitous as his route may have been. Then we turn it over to some of the 2019 crashers themselves, literally from Alaska to Hawaii and every state between. Jordan tells us how his experience made for a huge jump in his career. Katie confirms for us that today's young professionals do want to collaborate to solve challenges and gives a personal story about how her credit union inspired her career by first making her feel valued as a member. Ashley talks about how crashing has completely transformed everything she thought she knew about the credit union movement. And Manny says that by being connected with others in his generation, he knows his peers will be there for him with understanding and empathy no matter what he's facing. These are just a few examples of the power of this network and the connections that continue outward and onward from crash events that bring people together. We start here with Michael's journey. All right, we're here with Michael Armstrong, CEO of the United Arkansas Credit Union. So let me start off by asking you a big question. How did you become CEO? Well, it wasn't a straight path from A to B. It had lots of twists and turns, but uh, ultimately the opportunity arose when I crashed in 2017. The connections that I made and just being in this group, and the GAC is such a large credit union event throughout the year that just being present almost enabled me to have conversations and meet people and network that I wouldn't have just doing my day-in and day-out job. Mm -hmm. One of the things that uh, when I was in the hospitality room, being from Arkansas, we're in the Cornerstone Credit Union League, and just being in that room with all the CEOs, the board members, the volunteers, the senior leadership, I was just able to hobnob and network, and one of them dropped the hint to me that United Arkansas at that time was looking for a CEO. They were in the middle of a uh, re-strategizing, restructuring sort of setup. They'd gone through the interim president-CEO route, and that just didn't work out the way they'd anticipated. So almost just having that bug dropped in my ear, and I wouldn't have had that uh, interaction mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have been here. So sometimes just, uh, like the old saying, sometimes just being in the right place is, is, is dumb luck. Yeah. So what was your role prior to that that kind of set you up to be in a position even to be considered for a CEO? Um, I worked for the dark side, the banks, Okay. Uh, from 97 to 07 and worked my way up through that. And I hate to say this since we're talking about credit unions, but a lot of times starting out a large bank provides great training. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're very formal. It's very structured. It's, it is a little doggy dog world, but it does provide a lot of training. And so taking those skills and mastering them at that level and then being able to transfer them. I was a CFO of a Alcoa Community Credit Union in Benton, Arkansas, and just being able to make strides, make changes there was recognizable. And then therefore that turned into an invitation to crash. And then that turned into a bug being, it it just all worked in perfect sequence, but I had to have the background and I had to have the the crash invitation and the ability to be here to, for it all to fall together. Yeah. So you said you crashed in 2017. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you learned about crash and, and how that came to be that you crashed in 2017? My understanding is under the old model, they kind of limited it to around 50. Um, and I know, and I know, thank goodness today, they, they go well beyond that number. But at that time, so you kind of do the math, one per state, right? Arkansas, 
being part of the Cornerstone League was able to kind of be introduced to crashing. And so it was brought to my CEO's attention. He knew I was interested in learning as much as I could, and he knew that'd be a great step for me, even though I was probably anywhere from eight to nine, eight, nine years older on average mm-hmm. than the typical crasher. But um, it was it was fun. Uh, it was, I learned a lot, met a lot of contacts, and just experiencing the GAC was eye-opening. What advice do you have for others that perhaps want to follow in the path that you've taken through the credit union journey to CEO? Um, first off, I would tell them don't follow my <laughs> path. It uh, did not, it, like I said, it was not a straight shot. It was a lot of twists and turns over 20 years. But uh, I, I want to say as far as the credit union side of it, forget pre-2010, let's say, <laughs> just, just looking at basically finding a skill set. Mm-hmm. If it's operations, master it. If it's marketing, master it. If it's um, financial, accounting, master it. And I know I went through the operation and the accounting side. Um, that went back to a past with my pre-credit union world life. But find your skill set and master it. Mm-hmm. Be the best. Be the be the expert in the room, so to speak. And I know the old saying, um, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, go find a new room. <laughs> Um, I kind of want to add to that every room needs an adult and every room needs an expert. And don't be afraid if you're 22 or if you're 42 to step into that role because somebody has to. Mm -hmm. And what would you say the influence that the cooperative trust and the crash experience had on your, whether it was confidence or network or your ability to recognize in yourself that you were ready to take it to that next level? The crash opened my eyes to meeting other people. And I know this wasn't part of the question, but, you know, we all have those moments in life that we kind of wake up, the light bulb goes off, so to speak. Mine was, um, I was diagnosed with cancer in May of 2017, and I went through it, experienced it, did the treatments, went, you know, uh, thank goodness everything went according to doctor's plans. But after that, I think it really opened my eyes to, of, you know what, I- I'm not going to keep coming up with excuses to not step to the next level. Oh, I don't want the responsibility. Oh, I don't, you know, I'm not ready for it, whatever. Um, and a lot of people, their self-esteem gets challenged whenever they think, oh, everyone's going to rely on me. I've got 12 people that their jobs, my, you know, I think after going through that and also the confidence of networking and meeting other people that share the same beliefs I did Mm -hmm. and the values that people helping people, people before profits really is what credit union believe. Mm -hmm. And I think the crashing network and going through the cooperative trust and everything and meeting people that share that and make it work every day. When I crashed, I was at a $45 million credit union. There were there there were people there at billion-dollar credit unions crashing. Now, granted, there's multi, you know hundreds of people difference in size, but the philosophy still stuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gave me the courage of going, you know what? It can work in a billion-dollar credit union. It'll work for me. Mm-hmm. Had you seen any groups similar to this in any of your past experience in the financial industry? No. Uh, the credit unions are unique, and thank goodness that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. So I want to switch gears now and talk about the cooperative trust and that community from the lens of being a CEO. How do you tap into that resource and use it today? I think I'm embarrassed to admit I probably don't use it as well as I should. Um, but a lot of times when you first become a CEO, you're kind of drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Um, but I always get my Feline Institute updates. I get a lot of the uh, emails and stuff. I, I stay involved, and a lot of times something does um, attract my eye as far as something that the Feline Institute's working on, especially consumer decision-making. That's one of the major things that I want to make sure that I'm more involved into. Operational efficiency um, and the operational effectiveness mm-hmm. is just part of running a small credit union. But the consumer decision-making and the uh, efforts that the Co-op Trust and Feline Institute take, Mm -hmm. and most of the time you can learn something from reading the white papers and different things. Mm -hmm. And I think you might have said it out in the main session with the crashers, but um, when did you become CEO? I became CEO in April of 2018. I crashed in February of 2017. And that's kind of the other part of it is 
a lot of times CEO, president hiring is not a two-week open position. You interview. I mean, it can take months to work everything out logistically uh, because you you are the leader of the credit union you're going to, and you want to make sure you make a good decision because nothing would be worse than uh, being maybe too aggressive and just going, shoot, yeah, that's the title I want. Go for it. Get it. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You'll figure that out. Well, that's true to a point, but you also want to make sure that you do your research and you know it's going to be a good fit Mm -hmm. because um, it's not like um, NFL coaches or NCAA coaches where if you fail as the head coach, you just become offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator (laughs) for another team the next year. You know, it it takes time to recover if you Mm -hmm. make a wrong decision. So I did a lot of research, did a lot of homework, uh, had many conversations with their board members, and I did a lot of soul searching on my own of, you know, I know what this is about to be. This is going to be 12, 18-hour days. This mm-hmm. isn't going to be 8 to 5. And, you know, I've got a wife and kids, and they've got t-ball practice and band practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, 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 you almost have to become CEO first and yeah. family guy or family lady second. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for a short while. Mm-hmm. So you're coming up on one-year anniversary yes. of CEO. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. They haven't ran me off yet. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that you want to, I'm sure your first year, like you just said, is all the fire hose. What are you looking to expand on or improve on in year two? I think the biggest thing is when you enter in mid-year like I did in April, your budget's already set, your strategic plan's already set, you inherit a lot of stuff, and you kind of have to tiptoe around those issues. Well, now in 2019, it's my first full year where I'm CEO, and I, I was able to have my budget passed, my strategic plan in place. But also, too, it's... Um, it is a baby step, you mm-hmm. know, but remember, uh, my grandmother used to always say, it doesn't matter if it's a small or a big step as long as you're going forward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't get overwhelmed with, oh, my gosh, we're, you know, I took over at 28 million. We're only at 29. It's still a step. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I encourage uh, when I've talked to other people that are rookie CEOs like like I am. Um, is saying, hey, just keep moving forward. Don't get drugged down into the mud. And how would you describe the young professional scene at your credit union? Is it strong or do you have plans to uh, work on that? One of the things that I'm most proud of that we were able to do my first year is we we're starting the conversation with a couple of employees that are, you know, hey, CUNA Management School, is this something you're interested in? Um, unfortunately, this year I did not have anybody to throw into the crasher pool as far as an applicant. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping within one to two years we'll be a solid applicant every year. You know, you know, my credit union may not be the credit union that sends somebody every year, but we're going to have an applicant every year. Right, right, and they'll have a strong advocate. In yes, sure. absolutely. That's kind of how it goes. You get you get handed uh, hand up, and then you help somebody um, pull them up. And very true. That's what's great about very true. this whole program. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your stories with us today. Is there anything else that you feel that Crasher listeners or other CEOs that um, might be listening to this to learn more about the Crasher program should know? Young professionals are worth the investment. They may stay with you one year, two years, move on to something else, but you're going to get a return on your investment. Don't worry about, well, they didn't make a long-term commitment. Invest in your young professionals. Well said. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the conference. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. I am here with a couple of the crashers from the 2019 Crash the GAC crew. You guys are 100 large this year, which is amazing. So first, can you just introduce yourselves and tell us where you're from, what credit union you're from? My name is Jordan Mastin. I'm from Hawaii for Hawaii State Federal Credit Union. And my name is Katie Tanquery, and I'm from Oregon. I'm representing Selco Community Credit Union as well as all of our members. Wonderful. Welcome. So glad that you guys could be here. So for those that are not as familiar with the CRASH program and the Cooperative Trust, can you share a little bit about, I know you guys are new to it yourselves, can you share a little bit about what you've been up to so far this week? A lot of this started on Saturday, and that's when we really got to be introduced to everybody, our mentors, 
the whole thing, the scheduling, what we're going to be doing, and what I understand is that the cooperative trust is what we're learning about, how credit unions kind of help each other, and the whole feeling of people helping people. So that's what we've been learning about and why it's so important. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because our ethos of people helping people has really been carried over in a theme throughout this entire week. The very first day we joined together was actually a new day for the Crasher movement. We spent the entire day with all of the Crashers as well as the mentors. And during that time, they shared with us sage wisdom about how we can continue our movement forward and to not just be a seat at the table, but to be a voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you say that, not just a seat at the table, I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about how you even got a seat at the table. So, <laughs> how, I mean, you know, yeah. that, that's half the battle, right? Yeah, it was pretty... So how did you how did you guys even know about the Cooperative Trust? How did you get to be a crasher? That's a very good question. Um, I had no idea about the crasher movement, and that's something that I hope to change when I go back to my credit union as well as my state. Um, I heard about this movement by joining the Willamette chapter of the Northwest Credit Union Association. I'm the vice president and the treasurer, and our current president um, told me all about the crash experience. She went last year, and Samantha Samino, and she had an amazing time, told me it was transformative for her, and this has li lived up to that. Awesome. And you're not even halfway through it, right? <laughs> right. No, we're not. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, for me... Like he was saying, I also want to go back to my credit union and let them know that this is something anyone can apply for. It's transformative. Mm -hmm. You learn so much going on this journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, we made a 60-second video to apply for this. Yeah. And that was an interesting experience because we had to film ourselves. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I actually enjoyed that experience because so often we get caught up in the day-to-day -day of our positions and we're at a very micro level and the opportunity that the crash provides is this macro level of this credit union movement that we've been talking about from when we first joined. My parents and I have over 70 years of credit union experience. Wow. I first started attending credit unions when I was going to picnics as a young little girl. And so I've really been able to see those values not only impact my parents' professional lives, but also our personal lives, our family values. And so that extends over into the community um, by way of financial services mm -hmm. and volunteering and the way that families even communicate with one another. When you're part of a financial cooperative, it's more than just your unit. It's so much more about people coming together to help each other. That's mm -hmm. so cool, Katie. Right. It, it really is. Even in Hawaii as well, the credit unions try their best to get into the community and help the community events, sponsor events, just get people to really understand that we want to be there for them. Mm -hmm. We want to be your, we want to be present mm -hmm. in your community. Mm -hmm. So we go to like movie events for kids, things just to tell them about us and I truly love that. In fact, I grew up being in credit unions, learning about what we offer versus what you know banks offer. I didn't even know that banks did that versus what we offer. And we offer so many different things that the banks like charge for. Mm -hmm. So and how do you see this experience affecting your career from here on forward? A huge jump. I can come back to anybody and let them know that I have been transformed coming here, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. getting all this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be able to teach people about this, yeah. uh, like, like a leadership role. I want to be going back as a leader. Mm -hmm. Andy Jennings shared with us that the easiest thing we can do is go back and do nothing. The biggest call to action I feel from this entire event is the need for advocacy. Mm -hmm. It's been clear in the campaign of awareness. It's clear when we talk to our members and newer members that are going through credit union direct lending that we need to get out the message that we aren't a bank, that we were created out of a need for something better. Mm -hmm. And that really comes down to service. My sister-in-law just um, was looking for a brand new car and she went through a dealership, but she was a, a, a customer of a bank and <laughs> that's been changed. Um, <laughs> Good. But when she called her bank, she really wanted just help and guidance in the, the purchasing process. And when she called their loan center, they told her, oh, just go to the dealership, they'll help you there. 
She said she was extremely disappointed because she has no idea about this process. This is the first new vehicle she's ever been able to afford. Mm -hmm. And so she called me upset and I said, please, please, please call our loan center. I want you to get the experience you deserve. Mm -hmm. She called our loan center and she was blown away because not only did they help guide her through the process, but tell her all about what would take place in that process. And it gave her such peace of mind that she's a credit union member for life, she said. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that story because it just proves how much we care about other people, mm -hmm. how much we want to give them as much help as we can. Mm -hmm. So it's in a personal experiences too. So there's a lot of stakeholders out there that need to learn more about not only the credit union movement, but how they themselves if they get involved in it, can become leaders in it across up the spectrum to your leaders and then down out into the world full of consumers. So what ideas have you guys gathered so far in this experience for how you're going to go back and make a difference in your communities for the credit union movement? Holly, I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> I actually ran into one of our board members, and she's been on our board for over 20 years. And talking to her at this event, I said, I would really like to come back and share this experience with the entire board. Would you be willing to listen to me? And she said, yes, absolutely, and gave me her card, which was very outdated, she said, and we both <laughs> chuckled together. But she said, we, we need to hear from you. Mm -hmm. I think Jim Nussel said it best when he talked about the farmer's law that you can't just harvest, you have to plant the seed for the next crop or the movement's not gonna continue forward. Mm -hmm. And what advice do you have for both um, young professionals at credit unions that want to grow, develop and learn more um, and get involved with a group like this? What advice do you have for them? And what advice do you have for the credit unions out there that maybe they don't know about this program but they wanna just develop their young professionals? I'd say put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to try because the worst someone can say is no. But if you don't try, then you'll never know the answer. Mm -hmm. I really want to go out to any of the credit unions and just tell them this is an amazing experience. Please look into it. I talked to my CEO about it as well. If I can talk to other young professionals in our you know, credit union, just to let them know what an experience this is, mm -hmm. what you can gain from it. Things like the speakers that we get to be so privileged to hear is amazing. And I feel anyone who is in the credit union movement would just be blown away with how much you can learn from this. I think it's a three-prong approach. I think that we have a responsibility now with this opportunity mm -hmm. to really make some change when we go back through social media, through our networks, through our leaders, and through each other to stay connected. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Mm -hmm. The second part of this is really educating our team members in the same way that we educate our members because we're all truly members about ways that they can get more involved through their own state leagues, young professional leagues, um, talking to them about volunteering. That's a huge mm -hmm. core purpose of our movement. Mm -hmm. It's so vital to even your own professional growth. And it's um, a twofold because you're receiving experience and development, but you're also giving and paying it forward. Mm -hmm. So I would tell them, don't wait for someone else to tell you it's okay to become involved. Get out there and say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. One of the speakers mentioned this, and I apologize, I don't remember who. Blake. Blake said that always saying yes to something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, thank you. That's so cool. And one of the other things I would say is something that we all have experienced and are going to experience in our careers is no. We're going to be told no. We're going to be told you aren't experienced enough, you aren't educated enough, you're not old enough. And you have to say no back to that and continue moving forward. Allison Levine was one of the first keynote speakers. And something she said is you don't have to be the best to get to the top. You just have to be absolutely relentless about putting one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And I think any leader you talk to in our industry didn't have a perfect path. It wasn't straight. They had a lot of adversity, but they learned to say no to the no mm -hmm. and put themselves out there and go after every opportunity to continue paying it forward. I really do hope you guys feel the confidence and the... Um, 
permission to do that because it's not just words. Like that's a that's something that really needs to happen to say no to the no. And I, I love that phrasing. That's really a great way to put it. I like that. It's, it's an action that we need to put into practice a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. Especially like you said, they'll say we're not old enough, we're not experienced enough. That doesn't mean that I can't try. Mm-hmm. So. And you guys came here not knowing each other, right? <laughs> no, no. You, you didn't. So can you talk a little bit about the the network of other young professionals across the entire country that you guys are getting a chance to connect with this week? Wow. The energy is incredible. I am so impressed with the professionalism, the hunger, the passion, the energy that this group holds. We are 100 crashers. Yeah. We are 100 crashers. And the fact is, we all want to get to know each other, either being through networking after hours, networking during, just maybe talking to each other during the mentors. It's just we really want to learn more from each other, past experiences, what the future holds. We want to keep in touch, too, because mm-hmm. like they said, they sometimes actually call their old crashers before anyone else because mm-hmm. they have that experience. And I feel like this is one of the greatest relationships that I have now. In fact, I'm really good friends with my roommate now. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. And that, that's why the program was designed the way it was with an online community mm-hmm. component to it so that you guys can hold on to those connections and facilitate you know, the sky's the limit with what you guys can do with it now. One of the things we've joked about is forming our own credit union yeah. called the 50 States United. <laughs> I love that. Something I love about this is that as young professionals, we really do want to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And I think Jim Nussel has driven home that message is that if we really want to continue our movement forward, we can't continue to compete with one another Mm -hmm. we have to become more unified not only just in marketing but in the real day-to-day work calling each other reaching out to one another we only occupy seven percent of the market there's Mm -hmm. so much opportunity out there we don't need to compete with each other in fact we will get stronger if we work together absolutely it's the unique advantage of this industry and not a whole bunch of different industries can say that they have the cooperative and collaborative nature of them baked into the very core of what they are. So, I mean, it's something that I think it's worth pointing out and not taking for granted that that exists because of what credit unions are. It's ingrained in us now. Mm -hmm. So what's next? What's the rest of the week look like for the crashers? We have Hike the Hill. I believe you have Hike the Hill too. Yeah, we have Hike the Hill with our leagues where we're going to advocate for some very serious bills and laws that we want to work on for our specific states or just all together the credit unions. I know that one huge thing that your credit union as well is the tax breaks that the banks are trying to push for. They're stating why are credit unions allowed to not be non-taxed? They're a financial institution, but the idea is that we're non-taxed because we're member-owned. They're shareholder owned what we do with not being taxed is give back to our members that's what we do we we are helping them out with not being taxed and we are going to try and fight for this another one that hawaii is doing i'm not sure if yours is doing is holding retailers responsible for any kind of breaches the idea is that when something gets breached we're not allowed to tell our members why we need to send a new card but we have to send a new card because their information is out there. We want to protect them. However, it's costing the credit union money to make the new cards and send it to thousands of members. The idea is that we want to hold them responsible. So that's another thing that we're trying to fight for. And that's probably just your mere presence at the Hike the Hill with your state's credit union's representatives is a whole nother level of what the Cooperative Trust does because it brings visually young people in front of the legislators and, and it shows them this isn't an issue for one type of person. This is an issue for credit unions and you are there representing hundreds of other people that are in your age demographic and that's really powerful for the legislators to see that. You carry a lot of weight on your shoulders when you do that. Absolutely. We've experienced it. In fact, but we're really honored that the state representatives and 
Congress wants to meet with us. It's a huge honor that they're willing to listen to our stories, our members' stories, and be open to change that is going to improve financial services for their constituents, mm -hmm. for the citizens. And that's the credit union way. We're for the people, by the people. And something that I'm really, really excited about, um, and Malcolm talked about this in his speech today, was that we have to go to the higher level and present our values. Um, we can't just get down into the weeds, but we have to be presenting our values and our higher goals. And that's something I'm really excited about meeting with the state legislators on. Because in the end, these bills are only bills right now. They're going to turn into many more bills in the future. We need to help them understand what credit unions are all about mm -hmm. and how we need their help in order to serve members in a better way, to make financial um, available to everyone, those underserved communities where they don't necessarily have Wi-Fi, where there's other issues that those communities are facing Credit unions are becoming first responders. We're going into those areas. We're trying to, for example, pass a bill right now in Oregon where we can electronically sign mortgage documents. That is huge for our members, especially those living in rural communities. Mm -hmm. It's expensive for them to have to travel to a branch to give wet signatures. So by passing this bill, not only are we lowering our costs, which is going to increase those dividends and benefits back to our members, but we're making finances easier to access for our members. And that's really important if we want to continue forward as the number one nation. We have to have finances that are easy to access, not just for those living in cities, but those rural farmers that we heard um, Pence talk about today. You guys are awesome. Uh I certainly wouldn't want to get in your way. You guys are blazing a trail out there. And I have to say anyone who gets in your way should watch out because you're passionate, you're in it for the long haul, and uh, you're full of energy. And I commend you for, for doing all of this. Thank you. You make me want to hang out with the crashers. And you should. Follow you, you guys around the rest of the welcome. Yeah, <laughs> Come join us anytime. Please. Thank you. Is there anything else you would want our listeners to know before I let you guys get back to your session? Malcolm had that last line that was amazing. There's tons of magic in the room. It's now up to us to share that magic. So it's not just tons of magic in that room. There's tons of magic everywhere because we're going to bring it back. And we want to share it. One message I do want to share, which is... Is personal. Mm -hmm. When I first started working in the credit union, I'd come back from teaching English in Spain, and I didn't have money. I was living off a very small stipend, a graduate from the University of Oregon, and I was living in a trailer without water and without electricity. I didn't have money. And the credit unions took a chance on me, and they gave me a job as a teller. And from a teller, I moved my way up to assistant manager of the loan center. And not only did they take a chance on me by giving me a job to prove to them that I could bring value, but they also gave me the opportunity to take out my very first loan for a 1999 Mitsubishi Mirage. And I couldn't get a co-signer for my loan. I was high risk, but they listened to my story. They looked for a way to help me and they made me feel valued. And so if there's any listener out there that isn't a member of a, a community credit union or a credit union in their area, I would just encourage you to open your eyes and be aware of credit unions because they really do want to make a difference in your life. We are there for the community and we want to help them succeed. And so thank you for sharing that, by yeah. the way. That was... And thank you, Holly, so much yeah. for having yeah. us. Yeah. You guys are fantastic. Have a wonderful rest of your crash week. And I can't wait to see what you guys do. Hope to see you out there with us tonight or tomorrow night. <laughs> Network with us. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay, we're back with two more crashers from the group of 100 this year, Crash the GAC 2019. Can you start by just introducing yourself, what credit union you're from, and where you're from? My name's Ashley. I am from Spirit of Alaska Federal Credit Union in Fairbanks, Alaska, so I've definitely traveled a long way to be here. I'm mm -hmm. pretty excited. And I am Manuel Garcia. I go by Manny, and I'm from Arizona. Arizona Federal is my credit union. Well, welcome to the crash this year. We're so glad that you guys are here. Can you describe a little bit about what your experience with the program has been so far? It's been great. It's been a, an amazing learning and networking opportunity. It's been informational. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, it really opens your eyes to see how, um, how complex the world of credit unions uh, really is. Mm -hmm. More than what you think, you know, just being inside of your own credit union. Mm -hmm. 
and you can see how deep it truly goes in like the heart of the credit union movement and everything and all of the working parts that go into it how many people are truly behind it it's just it's been incredible meeting all of these people that you may have talked to on the phone or you know even maybe emailed with before and now you're putting a face to the names and it's just it's pretty incredible Mm -hmm. how did you get involved with the cooperative trust and how did you get involved with the crasher program well actually so back in 2014 i had a different ceo his name was mike lombardino and uh he originally came to me one day i had only been working there actually i just started that year and uh, he came to me and he's just like i don't know what it is about you but you just seem like this girl that can be easily inspired and you're just you have this drive that i haven't seen in our credit union in a while and i think there's this program crash the gac i think you need to apply for it i at the time i was kind of new to the whole thing so i was like all right well i guess i'll apply for this thing i don't know really what it is but sure and after you know i applied the first time didn't get accepted at first, you know, but then I did a lot of research on it. And over the next few years, I just really got way more involved. And I was like, truly ready for the crash, the GAC. And then my new CEO, actually, um, Anthony Rizek, he was like, hey, follow up from when Mike was here. I think you're ready. We need to apply again. And, you know, by that time, I was pretty well versed on the whole credit union movement and everything and pretty excited. And yeah, so that's kind of how it was. My CEOs have just kind of had a lot of belief in me. And I've just become really inspired by everything that goes on here. So, uh. um, it's, it's actually a pretty similar story for me. Last year, um, I saw there was an announcement that was company-wide for pretty much everybody in the company. And um, unfortunately, I could not apply for it because I had just started the credit union, so I did not meet the time requirements. Um, but I saw a couple other people go, and, and I got to hear a little bit of their story. So I was patiently waiting for next year where I could actually qualify for it. So then this year, as soon as the announcement came out, I, I was pretty much ready to apply and then I went just through the application process and Mm -hmm. we're here (laughs) and you're here that's awesome so uh what do you feel like being part of this program is going to do for your career from from this point forward oh man I think the better question is what won't (laughs) it do for my career I just feel like this completely transforms everything that I thought I knew about the credit union movement and like it just gives me a whole new outlook on my job and I can just go back there and just put everything into it. And I mean, I hope someday to maybe even be, you know, COO of my credit union. I know I have a long way to go, but I definitely think this is a huge step in the right direction. And I'm sure it's probably the same for you. Oh, yeah. And to add on to that, it's it amazes me how like past generations of crashers still keep in touch even 10 years later. So it just like the fact that yeah like we have this network like this instant network of 100 people at different departments different credit unions different pretty much states with different points of view and it's all available to you right away i just don't think you can put a price on that it's like if you don't want to advance your career with that type of network then i don't know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) how do you guys see maybe using that network what kinds of things do you think you'll use the online community for and the network of people you've met i actually have an example about that just last night um one of the other uh, gentlemen here was talking to us and he's like hey i have this employee who you know doesn't do this doesn't do that what do you guys think about it and you know a group of about seven or eight of us we're all just giving our input of what things we do in our in our credit union to make sure we're all kind of helping out doing our jobs and how to handle those types of employees so he he was very content he's like i want to grab all you guys ideas and put it into one and i think this really solves my problem he's like and i've been going through this for a couple months now so it's just that peer review and not only that but we're all like pretty much the same generation same age so we understand each other um we understand what it's like you know dealing with um people who are a little bit older than you that may not take you seriously. So you get really advice on how to really deal with everyday situations. Definitely. And it's cool to see how different people in different environments deal with those kind of um, obstacles as well. I mean, just, you know, people from Southern states, whereas, you know, I'm up in Alaska, we may see a lot of different situations, but it's amazing to be able to reference people that have maybe already dealt with that same situation. And maybe we're just a little behind in the, you know, that whole thing. And, uh, I've already talked to a couple of people that are in my department that are a level ahead of me and I've been able to use a lot of the information that they've given me to really just think about what my next step should be to get me into that next, you know, manager position above where I am now and just it's just incredible how many things you're going to be able to use from here. Yeah, no kidding. One thing like that I've been learning a lot is there's so many different 
positions that you're learning about. And I'm like, wow, that sounds very interesting. Like you never heard of it before, right? right? And you're like, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, I would like that position. And so they're like, yeah, I'll be happy to share my job description with you. So maybe you can kind of come back to your credit union and propose it because it sounds like such a cool job and maybe you can help out at your credit union. So it's just yeah, that's really good really experience. Cool. And so it's obvious that it's really good for your professional development, for your career journey. Can you talk a little bit about how you think this uh, being part of this and that just the existence of the cooperative trust can help your credit union? It'll benefit your credit union, what you bring back to them. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the research they do and everything and the fact that they take ideas from everywhere in the U.S. They talk to people. They're, they're the best resource you could possibly have as far as any kind of obstacle you come across. You can always reference them as somebody that's going to be able to help you because they have their huge network of people and they probably have heard about just about every type of situation you can deal with or you know if your credit union is dealing with a specific issue you know as far as like you know bank attacks things like that I mean they've probably seen it all so this is something where they could actually help you better handle those types of situations and in turn that's going to prove your worth to your credit union and help you further your career. Yeah. Do you think you'll be more proactive now in, in bringing ideas and solutions back to your leaders? Definitely. 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 Um, one of the main uh, talks that really appealed to me was kind of pretty much that, like how you go back to your credit union and apply everything you learned here. I think that that was one of the most useful um, kind of talks that we had just because it really teaches you, you know, to come back and actually take action and not just to come back and do nothing. I would love to know what you guys as leaders of the credit union movement as you are now, but in your individual credit unions, as you become leaders, what are the kinds of things you want to see credit unions do that they're maybe not doing today or differently or more? Oh, man. <laughs> well, for Fairbanks, Alaska, there's a whole, it's kind of a whole different environment, I suppose, from um, what I was used to because I grew up in Wisconsin, so kind of in the heart of where everything happens. Um, but after I moved to Alaska, the community involvement, it's a lot different. At first when I started, there was um, not as much community involvement in the areas that I expected to be. And so what I hope to do in the future is definitely just kind of zero in on surveying the community, finding out what is more important. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time, it, it must have been before I got to my credit union, but I can't remember the last time they, they truly sent out a survey that had a huge response on um, things that we can do to improve and everything. So if I, you know, end up in a higher leadership position, I would hope to be able to really take what I've learned from all of the people that do the community involvement, and that's their job. I hope to be able to take that and put it into, you know, not only the community, but also with my, you know, my employees. I have a couple that work under me now, but, you know, larger scale, if you can get the whole credit union on the same page, that is just a synergy that is unmatchable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I see it very often is we have a lot of, of different benefits for the members and a lot of times the members just either either forget or they just aren't aware of it fully. So I would say just advocating more for credit unions um, within the community and just let them know that everything that we offer for them and pretty much for them. Yes, everything we have for them, um, you know, not just checking savings accounts, we have identity protection for them. We have financial literacy, really, or uh, financial health. Mm -hmm. So we have all that for them to offer, and a lot of people just don't take advantage of it. So I would just go out in the community and advocate even more for the credit union. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have definitely recently started trying to educate the youth mostly because we know that these days it's definitely lost. They don't teach it in school anymore. They don't teach you how to balance check register. Most kids don't even know what a check is, stuff like that. You know, it is something that's dying, but at the same time, Kids should know how to use that. And we've actually started doing a program for teens specifically so that all these high school kids can go into college and everything feeling confident. You know, when I turn 18, I know how to budget. I know how to, you know, use a debit card. You know, I can go into my adult life feeling confident and knowing that, like, I'm not going to have to run to my parents and say, hey, what do I do? How do I use this? You know, it's, it's a program that we are putting a lot of effort into, and we're super excited to kind of get the youth like ourselves, you know, they're the future mm -hmm. of our world, of our community. So we want to make sure that they're as healthy as we are as a credit union. Yeah. To add on to that a little bit more, I deal a lot uh, also with uh, minorities and like second generation immigrants where their parents really don't know what a credit score is just because in their countries, maybe they just don't have that style of lending, that style of pretty much, um, how should I say? Yeah, pretty much the style of lending. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just educating both the parents and the children from a very 
early age. And it's what I love to do, you know, credit consultations, giving them action plans and meeting with them every couple of months just so we can get them to the place where they need to be credit wise so that they're able to afford a house, they're able to afford a car when they need it instead of having to wait and get their credit score up. So mm-hmm. just being ready like that um, and having the, the kids that are growing up, just being very savvy about credit it will change the whole community because mm-hmm. they'll be able to have way more opportunities. And one thing that's really cool about you guys being part of the Cooperative Trust family now is that you're connected to Filene and Filene is always testing new programs and products and looking at new markets and new needs as they develop. And we have handful of programs at any given time that your credit union can test and see the viability of it and start offering your members in your communities these programs. And as you were saying that, Manny, I was thinking about our ITIN lending program and how it's such a simple concept. It's not an innovation that is like mind-blowing, world-changing, but it's something that's making a huge difference to the people that are able to get auto loans, mortgages, um, where they wouldn't otherwise get. And through your connection, you're going to be able to bring that back to your credit unions and say, like, I see a need, here's the business case, Um, here's what I think we should try, and you have this network to bounce ideas of what's worked, what hasn't worked, and what do you think of this proposal? And um, so it's, it's... it's almost like, yeah, you can't get that value anywhere else. And I was pretty inspired, actually. I, before this, I had not really looked into the whole ITIN thing. And I realized after talking with so many people about it, I was like, you know, in Alaska, we have people from all over the world that come in. We have people that have work visas every year that come in. And how amazing would it be to be able to help all of those people? Like, I just never even thought of that network of in the community. That was definitely an eye-opening thing for me. I was like, wow, that's something I definitely need to take back and we need to start looking into because that's just, it's not something we've ever thought about. So this has already like expanded my horizon on what I can look into when I go home. I'm, I'm so excited. So what else is on the schedule for the rest of the week for you guys? What are you guys looking forward to? Hike the hills. <laughs> oh yeah, hike in the hill, definitely. Yeah. And uh, I have a reception tonight with my Alaska Credit Union League at the Credit Union House. So I'm looking forward to meeting all the people that I, again, hear about all the time. And I got to meet a few of them at the Wagner dinner last night, which was great. It was awesome. But yeah, tonight I'm pretty excited to finally like get into the full network of you mm-hmm. know who goes into all the behind the scenes that I hear about all the time and never really see in Alaska. So you had to come all the way to Washington D.C. to meet other al- people in the Alaska what credit a concept, union. Right? I just I just right. met one of my representatives from Arizona, and I'm yeah. his constituent. I actually just met him. Wow, <laughs> so, crazy! Yeah. I mean, talk about connecting people, and I think that's a pretty good example. Like that you hadn't met the people that are in the credit union movement in your own state. Yeah, within just a few hours of where I live. And it's just, I've emailed them, I've seen them, I've heard about them and just literally never met them. And it's funny because after this GAC, I actually was accepted as a crasher to the ACUL conference in Talkeetna. So now it's like I get an even further opportunity to meet even more people. And now I already have these connections prior to being there. So when I go there, I'm going to feel even more comfortable because I've already met, you know, quite a few people, even though it was in Washington, D.C. of all places, <laughs> instead of my own home state. It was just, you know, it's going to be awesome to follow that up too. But it is It's pretty crazy that you just don't meet all these people. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited about the Hike the Hill meetings. I think it's really important for us to show up and show our faces really as, you know, as the younger generation so that they know that we are involved and we do care. Because a lot of times they do want younger people to go, but a lot of times they say, oh, they just don't care or they're just not serious enough about it. Right, like they can't, they don't know the full extent. They're just too young to understand. Yeah. So we're going to show we care and that we're serious and that, we're there and if anything happens we'll be knocking at their door asking mm-hmm. you know asking because we'll answers. be shadowing the best right, right? <laughs> you know we're gonna get to see and be guided by all the people that we're gonna be watching and sitting right next to while we're going to you know hike the hill for our state and everything so that's gonna be awesome and i even get to go with my ceo which is pretty great i don't ever get to work side by side with him this much so it's pretty awesome that's yeah. really cool yeah and you guys are so passionate you have so much energy and that's exactly what we need in this industry so i Definitely. commend you for being here for showing up i mean that's just that's 
almost all of the effort right there is just to care enough to be here. So we're ready to get that torch passed to us. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I want to let you guys get back to your session so you can keep learning. Yes. But is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want our listeners to know? Just never stop trying. I mean, the credit union movement is such an incredible thing. If you feel intimidated by it at first, don't stop researching, don't stop learning. Just go talk to your boss, talk to anybody, and they'll tell you like, hey, it's really such a simple concept. You just need to be a part of it. Just don't ever give up on the credit union movement. It's such an incredible thing. Even just, um, you know, being a member of a credit union, you're part of something right away. So uh, I always just encourage everybody, be part of a credit union and be part of something. And, it's truly yeah. community. Yes. All right, that's it for the fill-in, folks. Thanks again for listening. There are so many people to thank for giving their insights on this show. To Michael, I am so glad your journey took you to where you are. It is sage wisdom to realize that your experience gave you the confidence you needed then to be a CEO now, and to give that advice to others that young professionals are worth the investment, whatever they do next. Katie, thank you again for sharing your story. And I hope you always hold on to that confidence that allows you to say no to the no whenever you face it. Manny, keep tapping into that peer review network. You know now they'll always be there to lift you up, pull you up, and help you up. Jordan, you said you wanted to be going back to your credit union as a leader, but you may not have realized you already came as a leader. Always keep that up. Ashley, you're right that this was a step on your path to becoming a COO, but it might not be as far away as you think. We're all here to help. And just in case you're wondering, how might you fit into this powerful network if you're not a young professional or participate in crash events? I want you to hear directly from the CEO of United Teletech Financial Federal Credit Union, Leo Ardine. So what I have found is that the crashers are this diamond that so few people know about. And what's interesting about the crash group is the diversity uh, in the breadth of people that are selected to be in the program and how the ideas that they bring give you such a cross section of what, quote, millennials may be looking for. So we do all this research and we actually have people we could talk to. We don't have to go to data and look at raw data. We could talk to people. And my encouragement would be, if there's a way to get in a mentoring program with this group, do that. If there's a way to be mentored by these people, do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Or at least do it in your credit, just to get some greater ideas around the C-suite that could have great impact on the membership. Thanks, Leo. One more thing before we wrap. I invite you to come help us celebrate 30 years of Filene Research Institute at our Big Bright Minds annual event on November 19th and 20th in Durham. Visit filene.org bbm19 to register today. If you like this episode, please do rate us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. And make sure you're subscribed to the Filene Fill-In Podcast so you can keep up with what's going on at Filene. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch about today's show, email me at hollyf at filene.org or find us on Twitter at Filene Research. Until next time, thanks everyone. (laughs) 